You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. We all, as always, we have amazing guests on the podcast sharing transparent and vulnerable moments. I got... The one, the only, Jada Steele. What's up? How you feeling? I feel, Joe, you know me, bro. I feel amazing every day. That is true because your energy never shifts. No, I don't play those types of games. I don't think I've ever seen you like under duress, stressed out, Mm -mm. or anything. Mm -mm. You just remain the same 24-7, which is hard Mm -hmm. to find Mm -hmm. in a lot of people. Well... Which, okay, we'll secret? get into that. Okay. What's the secret? I'm like, let me before, not give too much sauce before, right now. We're going to get, into, get into it. Um, we live from the new podcast studio. Absolutely. And it's beautiful, by the way. Shout out to Christina. Absolutely. This she is amazing. Amazing job. Christina has to do my wedding and my home and my oh, elderly home and everything. That money was talking about earlier? We're going to have to make that. We're going to have to make that immediately, you bro. Pay Christina? Bro, she already, she already told me that her retainer is, is crazy for my, I, for my wedding. I mean, I'm look, single, by the way. Look, she's single. Ladies. Definitely, guys. ladies. Guys, please stay at my DMs. I'm Leave so I'm, I'm I'm so tired of getting DMs from y'all. I'm so tired. It's stressful. It's so stressful. God. Leave her alone, fellas. Please, Jesus. You ain't your type. I'm definitely not your type. You might have could have caught her in a past life. And I still wouldn't have been that great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you I don't know why y'all liked me. Cause I was wildin'. But you know, we might get into that too. You, you never know with y'all. Look, me, me and your friends in real life. So, oh, for so you, sure. you never yeah. know where we're going. You never with. know. We're just about to go with Jada. Introduce yeah. yourself. Tell the people who you are, where you're from, whatever you feel comfortable leading, however you intro, whatever you do. Okay. Let's get to it. Okay, cool, guys. So, uh, my name is Jada Steele. I'm 23 years old. Um, I've been in entrepreneurship pretty, uh, pretty much all my life. Like, when I say all my life, I mean all my life, literally. I used to be like, hey, if you cuss, you got to put a dollar in a jar. Off rip, you know. So this, this is like my entire life, man. Um, huh, I'm, you know, a lot of times when people describe themselves, they just talk about what they do, but that doesn't really give you insight into who they are. So you know, I'm somebody that I love my family, I love my friends, I love creating amazing friendships. Um, I love reading. You know what I mean? Um, I love being a good person. Just all those things, man. Like, hey, you know, I, I just I just like living my best life. For real, bro. And you're always living it. Yes. <laughs> always living it. Because how long have I known you, Jada? Joe, I know for a fact that we've known of each other since I was 17. Really? Yep. Because remember, Dave was, um, because, you know, I've known Dave since I was about 17. Yeah. And you were sleepless nights. Uh-huh. We were both in the sleepless nights. If I was in that thing free, oh. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you know, we were, we were there and, you know, I would like see you on there, mm-hmm. hear you on there. Um, but we didn't really like build any type of like connection or anything at all until like years later. Yeah. 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 yeah years later. Years later. So let's get into it. Okay. Bet. I got questions bet. about the life of Jada Steele. Bet. I mean, I guess we should go back to the first one you asked. Which was? The, uh, how do I keep my energy so balanced? Yeah, how do you keep your energy so balanced? Because, like I said, I've never seen you fold. You operate very well under pressure. Mm-hmm. You don't crack. Like, some people, they'll crumble under pressure. Mm-hmm. And it's over for them. But for you, you're giving a directive, an order, whatever it may be, regardless of who it's from, and you operate at such a high level. Where does that come from? Man, I think that that honestly just comes from... I'm confident. Mm-hmm. I'm confident in who I am. I'm confident in what I do. If I can't do it, I'm gonna tell you I can't do it. If I can do it, it's gonna get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I was growing up, I used to have you know anger issues. Um, man, I I I got. I remember one time, you know, um, me and my mother, we have we have a good relationship now, but growing up, boy, that thing was serious. You know, really. Mm-hmm. It was serious, and um. Man, I, I'll never forget, I got really upset one time, and on my, um, I had a bookcase in my room, it was like a short bookcase, uh, and uh, on top of the bookcase, I kept like different perfume bottles and stuff, and they were glass perfume bottles. At this time, I might have been, I think I was, I was, I was pretty young, I had to be in middle school because my brother was still a, still a child, and I literally got the box and I just slammed it against the wall. 
and you know glass flew everywhere when i was younger i used to um say anything at any moment did not matter used to fight just just all types of stuff and you know i started to see the way that that emotional instability started to create different problems in my life problems with my family problems in my romantic relationships um problems with my friendships different things like that and i just made the conscious effort like yeah i need to change and i would say that i some of the biggest changes happened for me um probably between the ages of about mm, 17 to about 21 um you know around that time you know i started to really come into adulthood started to really figure out you know what i want to do what i did not want to do um and ran into a lot of situations that caused emotional instability and i just started to choose to operate differently because i'd acted terribly for so long and um got into more into business stuff got more into network marketing started leading groups of people and i started to and then i started taking tests like the disc assessment which you're you know certified in and man like i just started to see like you can always catch more bees with honey than you can vinegar mm. so I like to catch them with honey. I like to keep it real sticky around here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> hey. So let's let's go back a little bit. So okay. where did the anger come from? Um, man, I was just pissed off. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, didn't really understand how the world worked and mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, my um, me and my mom was always working. I didn't feel like my mom cared about me. Which is which was wild um, because you know when a parent doesn't have time, what they're able to give you is the things outside of time. Which is what? Clothes, shoes, money, vacation, good dinner, steak. Bro, I've been eating at, at expensive steakhouses since I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? So going into adulthood, it's like, okay, yeah, the steak is sixty eight dollars. Order it. Hurry up. I'm hungry. Like, <laughs> you know. So growing up that way, um, you know, my mother, amazing mother, you know, and she did what made sense because she was like, I got to put in the work so I can get my child things that I didn't have. But you know, in a child's mind, you don't see that. Right. You know what I'm like? I'm just like, bro, my, my, my mama ain't here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was, it just would piss me off. It would piss me off so bad, man. And um, anger just got created from that. You know, I remember, uh, you know, I ended up getting, you know, moving out of my mom's house at about 14, 15. Me and my mom got into it extremely bad. Moved into my grandma's house. I, and I never forget, man. Uh, one time my grandma told me, she was like, she said, when you first moved in with me, you were just so filled with animosity and anger that I did not know what to do. And I was like, I was? <laughs> like, you don't know if you don't know. Yeah. You don't know how you're operating until people tell you. I didn't even know that, bro. And um, I calmed down. So you calmed down because grandma was like, yo, I don't know who you are, what was going on, yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah, and my grandma gave me time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? She spent time with me, rode around. Because you realize being there, that's what you needed. It was very calm. Calm like a grandmother's home. Yeah. So when did you realize that not being at home with mom, but mm -hmm. being home with grandma mm -hmm. was a space for you to be mm -hmm. long term? Oh, man. <laughs> quickly. Quickly. Because me and my grandma didn't really get into it about anything. It was just like I had my own space on one side of the house. My grandma had her own space. I had my own bathroom. I had my own room. Which, don't get me wrong, I had that at my mom's house too. But it was a little different, you know, when it's your mom versus your grandma. Yeah. You know, your parents treat you differently than your grandparents because your parents are responsible for raising you and making you a suitable human being. So, I was just calm, chilling over there, minding my business. I was always I was always a big reader. I always kind of stayed to myself. So, I just did that. And I just realized, like, yeah, you know, I think I'm just going to stay here. It's more calm. Grandma has less rules. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> so, during this time, mom's at work. Yep. You're being raised by grandma. Mm -hmm. Where's that? Oh, dad is definitely, definitely got a good dad. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay. um, dad was in the same city. Gotcha. Um, I just didn't want to live with my dad. That was it. I just felt like it was weird. I was like, I, just, I don't want to go live with my daddy. You know what Why I'm saying? Why is it weird if we live with your dad? I don't know. Like my, my parents had me really young. My parents had me at like 17 and 18 years old. Uh -huh. So my grandparents were always a very integral part of my life. Like to this day, like I go back to Huntsville to see my grandparents. That's it. That's it. Like, I go back to Huntsville, Alabama, to see my grandparents. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad was always there, but I didn't move my dad because it was like, I'm always in my grandma's house anyway, so I might right. as well. Like, grandma picks me up from school. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, my dad also lived about, like, 
20 minutes or so from my school. So he technically lived in like a different city. Gotcha. So okay. like I'm from Huntsville, Alabama, but my family uh, was living in Harvest, Alabama. My father was living in an apartment in the city in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Dang. Okay, see, mom's there, dad is there, grandma's there. Yep. Grandpa, of course, too. Yep, yep. And one as, grandpa. One grandpa. One grandpa. So the other two other grandfathers deceased? Um, I mean, they're deceased now, but they were just weren't present. Like, they weren't present in either of my parents' lives much at all. How do you feel that affected your parents and you? Oh, boy. I know for a fact that that affected my mom um, because, you know, well, now my, my nana, which is my mom's mom, and my papa, which is my mom's dad, like, I guess that's technically her stepdad. Mm -hmm. He was there the whole time, like, throughout her growing up and stuff. Um, but her biological father, I feel like when your biological father is not really in the picture, it can kind of, I don't know if this is how it made her feel, but I feel like it can make somebody feel like, why you why you don't want to be around me? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready. <clears throat> why you don't, you know? So I feel like that right there, um, I think it affected my mom in that way. Probably, maybe. Um, and... He just wasn't, like, he wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? He was living, my family from up north. So he was living in Cleveland, you know, and he did come back and actually stay with us for, I think, I think, or he came back and stayed in Huntsville for a short period of time when I was younger, but they never really, you know, was always like, it wasn't like, no, yeah, I'm finna call my daddy and ask him for advice. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think my mom ever called her daddy and asked him for advice. Really? Yeah, I think she might have called my papa and asked him for advice, but not her biological. Right. And then my father's father, Nah, bro. <laughs> like, I don't even know nothing for real about that man. Like, I got like two pictures of him. I don't when when I was like around him. I don't. Do you feel that's affected you to this day, or do you feel like you know it's kind of like an out of sight, out of sight, out of mind type of situation? My relationship with my non-existent grandfathers did nothing to me. Really? No. Nothing. And you're just you're cool with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. Perfectly. That's because most people would want to have a relationship with their grandparents. No. Like, all of them. Like, you know, you got your mom's side, dad's side, and if mm -hmm. there's extra, of course, you want the extra. Okay. You don't care. <laughs> I care about that. Hey, I have a very strong family. My mom's here. Uh-huh. She's dope. She's a, In Atlanta? No, uh, uh, in, Huntsville. in Huntsville. Okay. Mom's here. She's dope. She gets me, you know, she provides for me in the way I need to be provided for. Mm -hmm. My grandparents provide for me in the way I need to be provided for. My father provides for me in the way I need to be provided for. I don't care about those men. They weren't there. I'm fine with you not being there, sweetie. You don't have to be. Mm -hmm. They. I mean, my parents did try to get me to reach out to them, and I was like, "What? I'm not. No. If they want to talk, they will reach out." Yeah. I'm. You're an adult. <laughs> That's the way I felt about that. Yeah. Got you. So, moving to grandma's at 14. Yep. 15, 16, 17. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh Jesus. All right, so, yeah. Um, so, 15, 16, 17. First off, I'm going to take you back to okay. about 13, 14. Let's do it. Get caught dealing with these little girls. We, we, <laughs> we, hold on. Get, get caught being out here, being a part of the LGBTQ community. When was community. your first time when you felt like, you know what, yeah, I, I like girls? Do you feel, because there's people who say, you know, I was born this way. Mm -hmm. There's people who say, you know what, situations caused me to be this way. Mm -hmm. And then there's people like, you know what, I just started liking girls. Or I started liking the opposite sex. When did you, <laughs> was like, you know, like, shorty over there, she, she fine. I was dealing with women in the sixth grade. In the sixth grade? Yes. Do tell. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was sexually involved with them in the sixth grade. Sexually involved in sixth grade? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't do nothing in sixth grade. I'm sorry. I'm square. Well, um, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Um... <laughs> Sixth, I mean, <laughs> so, this, so was that sixth grade with me? Fifth grade, you were like, yo, she's cute. Mm, I think fifth grade, I probably did say she's cute. Was there any point in time in your life from birth to fifth, you're like, yo, buddy, the guy, he alright? Oh, I mean, I was the little guy too. So, what would you consider yourself? <laughs> now I'm just a lesbian. Full out. Yeah. There's no bi, no. Mm, I mean, like, Guys are attractive. They're cool. But, like, the point that I'm at in my life right now, like, I'm looking for something serious and committed. So, mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not about to play around with you. Because mm -hmm. you're blocking the spot of a woman. What if I accidentally end with a baby? The fuck? Just have a baby. Ew. <laughs> Absolutely not. You don't want to push the baby out? 
I don't want to push a baby out. And on top of that, any man that I've been involved with sexually, I let them know beforehand. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so um, in the event that I get pregnant, you're going to be a single father. Oh, this is going down. Should I move this up? Would you like me to move this, Joe? No, nah, I got you. Okay. <laughs> well, go ahead. Keep talking. Um, I, I would literally say, you know, in the event that I get pregnant, um, you're going to be a single father. <laughs> and I hope that you're okay with that. <laughs> so I've always been aware of the fact that I did not want to raise children with a man. Okay. And I did not want to marry a man. I've, I've, that, that's, that's been very clear. So... All right, so fifth grade. Yeah. You start having feelings towards women, or does a sexual desire came first? Well, I mean, I was hooping. So I was like, sup? <laughs> I'm hooping, you hooping? You, you trying to love in basketball this or no? Hey! <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Sixth, sixth grade, I was, but by the time sixth grade came, you know. Stuff was stuff was happening. <laughs> really I was like, that? "That's cool with me." Okay, stuff was happening. Stuff was happening. Sixth grade and on. Yeah, bro, I was out here. <laughs> I was out here, bro. Sixth grade, you're turning. Are you? So are you just like yo, like trying to figure out if she is or she ain't, or you're care. turning them out? It don't matter. Like I didn't care if, if you I, was. If I see you, it's over with. Period. Period. Where did that confidence come from? Because a lot of people would struggle <laughs> with if they're, you know, it's a guy, he's gay, he's trying to, you know, approach a guy, the girl, she's gay, he's trying to approach a girl. Yeah. And they struggle, may struggle with trying to figure out how do I make this approach. For you, it's like, yo, it is what it is. I see you, I like you, I want you. Period. That's what, that's what I was on. Like, that's the type of time I was on. Like, so when you come from a strong family, mm -hmm. it automatically instills confidence. Every time, every time, when you when you come, man, I come from a strong family. You know what I'm saying? You know, my dad, we used to be riding around. Bo both of my parents were entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? As I was growing up, and, and they still do entrepreneurial things to this day. So you know, my dad would tell me things like, "Oh yeah, you can have whatever you want. You can you can li you can live life in your own terms." You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're intelligent, you're smart, you're this, you're that. And my mom too. You know, my family never made me believe it was anything I couldn't do. You know, same thing with my grandmas. My grandma must be like, whose grandchild can't do that? You crazy. Mine can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So confidence was just instilled from the fam. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like, it, it definitely didn't hurt that, you know, my dad would buy me every pair of Jordans. And that I, my mother was buying me. My mom would always say, your daddy is the shoe parent. Don't come to me buying no shoes. <laughs> you know, your daddy is the shoe parent. You know, so that helped. And, you know, my mom, man, buying me poloed out. Bro, on my Facebook page, I call myself Polo Queen on Facebook. Had it all. Bro, it had polo on the back. It said on the back. It said Jada, customized polos, all that. How? Shoot, bro, my mama, my mama was out there getting it. She was grinding, bro. Yeah. My mama joined the Air Force when I. My mama joined the Air Force when when I was like two years old, bro. She was like, I want to make sure my child got everything she need. Then on top of that, my mom had a successful hair salon. My mom was getting to it. So sixth grade. I, I'm dressing. I'm, I'm dressing better than other sixth graders. So I want you. And you are pulling them. Quick. So has there ever been a moment where somebody that you've been in pursuit of mm -hmm. turned you down? Absolutely. Mainly just mainly just the straight women. You uh -huh. know the pretenders of the world. Wait um, wait 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 <laughs> wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm not letting that slide. Okay, that's fine. That's what fine. do you mean the pretenders of the world? Oh, I mean, I mean, bro, you know, I just don't be, I don't run into a lot of women that are like genuinely straight. Really? Yeah, they be lying. Why do you feel like, so you feel like every woman in this world? Man, not every woman, but it's a, give it's me a, a percentage. I, bro, I can't even give you percentages. The only thing that I can tell you is this. You have more women that are, women, I don't know many women that have not, I don't know. I don't know many women that have not kissed another woman when they were drunk. Hmm. I don't know any men that are straight that have kissed men when they were drunk. Yeah. Don't know any men. Um, don't. Make sure this makes sense in my head before okay. I ask. Yeah. Say it again. I know straight women that have kissed women when they were drunk. Right. I don't know any straight men that decided to kiss men when they were drunk. Okay, got you. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, growing up, you know, I mean. The woman would tell me, you know, I'm not going to say that term on your podcast. 
um, you know, they, they would just say, and they would just say, you know, I, I do not deal with women. I only deal with men. And I would be like, okay. And then, you know, you ain't, hey, you just, you wear them down like a good knife. And all of a sudden, they get a little dull. And all of a sudden, they deal with women. It's kind of like, how'd you get here? <laughs> you know? So I would run into that, you know, and I'd be like, okay. Or, you know, high school, I'd run into women that had girlfriends already. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I got you. Yeah. You don't belong with her. Yeah, I would literally tell them that. Has there ever been a moment in your life where, because guys can be very jealous of lesbian women. Absolutely. To the umpteenth power. I don't know why they're so upset. Like, dude. Yeah, we'll try to figure that out. Okay. <laughs> but has it been a point where you've been dealing with maybe yourself mm-hmm. and there's a guy and a girl who's together. Mm-hmm. You have eyes on that guy's girl. Mm-hmm. Took his girl. Right. And then something happened. Or you with somebody that a guy's been eyeing. You're like, he, maybe you, you're not together. Yeah. That's jaded. Like, that's, she's it. I'm about to get her. Yeah. And then I go to the bathroom and I come back out and you with her. Yeah. Has that ever happened in your life? Yeah. Definitely. I used to be terrible. I'm reformed now. Like, now I'm like, great. Reformed. Yeah, I'm reformed. I'm definitely reformed. In the art of seduction, there's a, um, a seductive style that's called a rake. So you might meet people that are rakes. That's usually the more masculine energy. The females, they call them the sirens. I'm, I'm a rake. So, you know, usually that comes with a lot of sexual energy. You just do what you want. You don't really care what anybody thinks, what anybody has to say. And that was me. Like, okay, you're in a relationship. Okay. What does that mean? What, what does your relationship have to do with us? We're not talking about that right now. I would literally say something like that. It was just ridiculous, man. Cold. I had, you know, I had, I had, you know, women that want to fight me. I had men that want to fight me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, man? So what do you feel like was the the turning point in your life where it's like, you know what? I can't be here, there. You can't be a whoremonger anymore. Yeah. You, yeah. What, what stopped me from being a whore? Yeah. That, what stopped Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going there like that, but since you said it, what stops you from being a whore? It's like, you know what? This ain't cool. I still like women, but in the way that I'm going to like them, I have to change my ways. What what was it? What was it? I mean, I didn't go through this period where I stopped getting women. That did not happen. What ended up happening, man, um, I started to see how my, the way in which I was moving sexually and the way I was just handling situations, man, it wasn't right. Like, it was getting me in crazy situations, bro. Like, knives put on me. All types of craziness like that, man. And, um, you know, I, I was like, I was like, I got to change. And on top of that, you know, I, I date amazing women. It, they, they weren't bad women. You know, so I got, I realized, like, you know, what I actually want to, I know that I want to do something more long term. And I just started to mature. And um, I knew I wanted to get married young. And I know I wanted to. You want to get married young? Yeah. How young? I'm 23. I want to be married by 25. He has work, dude. Oh, oh, the work's done. The work's being done right I'm now. I'm not talking about. Any, oh, so he's got a situation going on. I mean, I mean, I listen. What I'm saying is, <laughs> is that <laughs> I meet great women. <laughs> you do. And I get to know them. Okay. And in the event that I get to know you all, and you know we can really kick something off, you know what I'm saying? Then you need to be ready. Because by 25, I'm trying to be married. <laughs> I'm trying to date. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to be in that relationship with them for about a strong one to two years, and then we're gonna get married. So, explain. So help me understand and help others and other people understand. Because mm-hmm. I've had conversations with guys mm-hmm. who've tried to understand lesbianism, mm-hmm. where it's like you know, of course, there's the strap, you know, the book bags, and all that stuff. <laughs> These are the conversations I had. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. And it's because, you know, there's somebody out there who's exploring their sexuality right now. Correct. Who's really trying to figure out, I'm on this side of the field because I like this, Mm -hmm. but I'm also on this side of the field because I like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be stuck in the middle, but I need to make a decision. And I feel like you're a great example of somebody who's made a decision Mm -hmm. on where I want to be in life. Mm -hmm. So what speak to and help other people understand lesbianism as, you know, a humanistic thing mm-hmm. because some people feel like, oh, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. she's just going through a phase. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Or she'll grow out of it. Mm-hmm. Or she doesn't met the right guy. Because mm-hmm. these are all things I've heard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some things I said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, because I just out of my ignorance. 
So explain that a little bit more for the audience, myself, and whomever else may be just interested in knowing, like, you know, the life in the world of lesbianism. Right. Or, or even homosexuality, whichever mm -hmm. route you want to go with it. Bet. So the deal is that, you know, when straight men, a lot of times, a lot of times straight men, they look at things from a from a rose-colored lens. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to say rose-colored because it ain't that damn right. They look at it through a gray colored lens mm. and when they say things and then it gets flipped back on them they don't know what to do with themselves they're like what so for instance i've had men tell me well the reason you don't want to be with a man is because uh you you ain't had the right one i'm gonna be like okay so let's find you the right man so we can figure out if that is what you would like to be with you would tell a dude that absolutely Let's find you the right man. Let's find you the right man so that I can see if that's the reason why you haven't been dating men. Let's go find you the right man. Let's go right now. We live Break in Atlanta, Georgia. We live in Atlanta, Georgia. I can take you to any gay club here and find you a man. And he'll be a great one. High earning. Everything, <laughs> everything you want in a man, I can help you find him. Hey, you want a, you want a big wee-wee? You want a little wee-wee? You want, you want emotional intelligence? You want none, baby? I can help you find it. So, Yeah. When a man tells when a man tells a woman, mm -hmm. well, you 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 don't want to be with a man because you ain't found the right man yet. Is that the reason you don't want to be with a man? Because mm -hmm. you ain't found the right one yet. You know, like what? That that that's crazy. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's what I would say to men all the time. So do you believe you were born mm -hmm. a lesbian? I mean, I don't know if I was born a lesbian or not. I mean, I've dealt with men and I've also dealt with women. Mm -hmm. I think that I just chose. So in this choice that you're making, uh -huh. what led you to make the decision like, yo, like this is what I want. Like, I know at 25, I want mm -hmm. to be married. I want to, you know, see my wife mm -hmm. walk down the aisle. Mm -hmm. This is what I want. I don't mm -hmm. want anything else. What was it that said, you know, this is concrete. So first off, let's be clear about this. So when I was in, when I was in middle school and high school, I was already concrete on the fact that I wanted to be with a woman long term. Okay. So when I would be dealing with men, it was not anything super duper serious. It was just, I'm having fun. I, that's it. It was like, you can be beneficial today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, I was treated, I, I treated men the way they treated women. I was like, all right, get out. Bye, bro. You know, like I literally treated men like they treated women. I don't care about these men. That's the way I would go about so it. So you have no emotion when it comes to dealing Wait, with men. What? An emotion towards a man? I'd rather eat concrete. Um, <laughs> Never been in love. Uh, with a man? Yeah. No. Don't turn your face up like that. I'm like sorry. We, like we all that bad. I'm sorry. Y'all suck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, I'll say the the male friends that I have, they're always amazing. Uh-huh. And, and I will also say that no man has ever done me wrong. I've never been hurt by a man. Yeah. Any of that. I've run into great men. I've run into men that women would literally crawl on the ground for they're great men high earning emotionally intelligent everything mm -hmm. everything that these women are looking for men i've had those men not hard it's not hard to get them first off but a lot of these women are so masculine they can't get them you know what i'm saying pause i'm sorry a lot of women are masculine so yeah. they can't get the right man they're looking for 100 percent so let's talk to masculinity and femininity. Okay, before we even get there, okay, let me also say this. I'm listening. When it comes to um, when it comes to me knowing that I want to be married young, mm -hmm. I understand the power of marriage. Okay. I study white millionaires and white billionaires. I study the the statistics. Why white? Oh well, because that's that they got the most money. You know what I'm saying? They got the most money and they got the least amount of babies out of wedlock. Period. <laughs> You know what I mean? Look at the stats. It, it's all there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I understand the power of marriage. And I know that I can do better with two than one. And I also know that if my sexual energy and my energy is spread out here, dating this woman, dating this woman, going to the movies with this woman, you can come over. You That right there, that brings down my sharpness in business and every other area of my life. Because I'm doing all this chasing and all this energy. Put, that's a lot. I'd rather have that energy directed into one person. That is the right person, and we better build something great. So when you say you study white millionaires and white billionaires, yeah. So from what I know, mm -hmm. and excuse my ignorance if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but in the white culture, we're saying, we'll call it culture. I we'll guess that's culture. what they have. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Like some people say, 
it's always a business move when it comes to marriage. Mm -hmm. With you studying them for you, is that a business or is it going to be love? Both. Okay. Why business? Is it business over love? Is it business first, love second, or is it love first, business second? Love is a business. Expound. Got you. When you make babies with the wrong person, mm -hmm. or when you marry the wrong person, it can ruin your life. For sure. Business. Offer up. You marry a drug addict, your life's probably going to get ruined. That's business. But I married you because of love. But since, but if you pay attention too much to love, you'll forget that it's a business aspect of this. Even if you're not an entrepreneur, your love life is still a business. You pay $100, you pay $100 a week for a date. That's $400. 12 times 4. What's 12 times 4? What's that, 36? End of the year, what's that, $3,600? Sure. I'm a ter I'm terrible at math, too, by the so way, guys. So you look so at y'all think I'm... I have a calculator. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. I have a calculator. Let's just do this. You spend $100 a week, 100 times 4. All right, boom, you do that for 12 months. Well, that's that do... $4,800. Do 100 times 52. Because someone's got five in them. Gosh, you're right, you're right, yeah. Let me do that. 100 times 52 equals, that's $5,200. That's business. If I wouldn't have been dating, I could have put that $5,200 into my personal development. So that's business. So the way that I, um, so that's why I'm, I'm always studying relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm always studying love. I'm always studying business, of course, because I'm in business. And I'm also always studying um, energy as well as masculinity and femininity because, you know, I do love, I want love, I, I want an amazing relationship filled with love, but love is also business because I also want to have amazing children. So if I want to have amazing children, I need to know that I'm with a wife that can understand business to a point that she understands. You can't send our children to this public school because we need them to go to this private school because we need our children to change this world, period. So you just got to find a good balance. Hmm. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the love life is going to be popping and the business, you know, y'all might not be as good on business as y'all could be. Sometimes the business life popping, y'all love life not where it could be. So you gotta, you know, life is about seasons. So you gotta pick seasons where which one's gonna take over what. Yeah, like I said, I, I date great men and great women, man. No, that was real. Yeah, well, I never looked at marriage in that aspect of it. Yeah, I looked at it because, of course, I was raised <clears throat> in a marriage of love, so love must come first at all times, regardless. Right. But the way that you broke it down, there's points and times where. Mm -hmm. Sometimes love has to take a back burner mm -hmm. to the business of the relationship 100%. to ensure that the home is taken care of, mm -hmm. the wife or the husband's taken care of, mm -hmm. the kids are taken care of, mm -hmm. the cars are taken care of, anything else that's connected to you is taken care of. Absolutely. So that's how you're looking at it. Mm -hmm. So you spoke earlier about masculinity and femininity. Mm -hmm. So that's a big term. Those are some big terms that have been floating around lately mm -hmm. in the world of relationships. Mm -hmm. And you said, do you believe, I don't know if you said this, I'm not correct if I'm wrong, but you said women are too masculine? Yeah, a lot of women nowadays, they're too masculine, but they're looking for a masculine man. What is he going to do with you? He can go get a man. Be a woman. <laughs> Be a woman. A lot of women, what they end up seeing is, <clears throat> you know, they end up seeing their man do something, you know, or if you're a lesbian. And, okay, so this is what we're going to do. Instead of using man or woman, we're just going to say masculine and feminine because there's feminine men that are very straight. For sure. It's, you don't, if you're a feminine man, it does not mean that you are a gay man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're with a more masculine woman, and it doesn't mean that she disrespecting you, calling you. Like, no. They got to do their own research on that. Some good books for you. The Way of the Superior Man is a good book. Getting to I Do is another good book. Intimate Communion is another good book. Um, studying Kevin Samuels is a good person to study and studying April Mason. Those are good people to study. And it's also some more teachers as well. So y'all can go study that. Um, but yeah, a lot of women are just, they just end up, you know, being way too masculine because they think that what they bring to the table is the same thing that the masculine energy brings to the table. And it's not the feminine energy and the masculine energy bring two completely th different things to the table, mm -hmm. you know? So if you, okay, feminine energy they need their feelings to be cherished. Yes. Masculine energy needs their ideas and their thoughts to be respected. Correct. So what, what we're running into a lot of is a lot of women are wanting their thoughts and their ideas and all of this to be respected. And they're also wanting their feelings to be extremely cherished. And it's very narcissistic because you don't see... 
you don't see no men out. You you got women out here that are saying, "Well, I would have been more, I would have been more feminine if he would have did da 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 da." Well, you don't see no men out here talking about some. Well, I would have been more masculine if she would have been. No, because if he's a masculine man, he's a masculine man. It's like we're not about to talk about this. Or if that's a masculine woman, that's a masculine woman. People just got to decide where they want to fit in and where they want to be and walk in it. If you are a, if you are a more masculine woman and you know, um, man, I'm trying to run this bag up. You know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily want to be that that mother that's always focused on my babies. I'm trying to run that bag up. You're, pro sweetie, sweetie, you're you're probably masculine. <laughs> It's hell. <laughs> You're not about to, there's a, it's going to be difficult for you to get out there and go find a man that's got that same exact mindset because mm -hmm. y'all are not sexually polarized enough. Y'all are the same. You working at 10 p.m. and he is too. <laughs> and there's got to be somebody who pulls one away from the thing that has the most attention. You feel me? You got to have it. It's very important. I only date feminine women. I don't know what these dudes dealing with. Have you ever been attracted to a masculine woman? No. <laughs> and in my life, it's not attractive. <laughs> I don't, nah, man. Listen, I've never been attracted to a masculine woman energy-wise mm -hmm. or physical appearance-wise. Because, you know, just because masculinity and femininity is nothing but energy. Right. You know, so from an energy perspective, nah. It didn't attract me. Hmm. How you going to attract me and you me? Attracted to the opposite of you. Has masculine women been attracted to you? Yes. I'd be like, baby, this will never work. <laughs> in, in your life. <laughs> this will never work in your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, I find myself, I get to know them, and then that's when more of that masculinity will come out, and I end up unattracted. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a little weird. So what does ending a relationship look like for Jada? Oh, I mean, well... You know, so I don't get into a whole lot of those. Um, or a situationship. Okay, there we go. So, um, you know, so I did have, I had relationships in high school. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've had two women that I've taken, like, very serious in adulthood. Um, Let's talk to the dogs. High school, we can't count those. Okay, but we frequently don't count yeah, them. They just, they was, those are just, like, experience chips. Absolutely. And I was a big reader then, too. So a lot of the knowledge I had now, I had that back then, too. So I was still operating with it. I was just immature. Now I'm mature. All this knowledge, different. you don't know what to do with it. Absolutely. I was just, do you feel like you're yeah. a little beyond your years? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely supposed to be dating somebody old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll accept somebody young if they're mature. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, the young lady I'm getting to know now, she's actually she's actually younger than me, but she's extremely mature. I love it. It's great. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm still single, though. So, but. So, how does that work? What you mean? I mean, I mean, we're. We you got get, a situation going on. Yeah. Is there like, yo, hey, baby, is there mutual understanding? Mm -hmm. Or is it like, yo, I'm still out here. No, we're just getting to know each other. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, we're still going to know each other. So she says, yo, I'm getting to know you. Yep. But shorty over here has also got my attention as uh -huh. well. You okay with that? Yes. Why? Because we're dating. Only in relationships do people believe this is not supposed to be a competitive world. Hmm. It's crazy. I'll just beat them. It's fine. I'll just beat the competition. It's no big deal. So you don't see anything or anybody as competition? I mean, I see them as competition, but I'm just going to beat them. I mean, they're there. Like, they're clearly humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I don't really care about them. They're not. They're there. Okay. But I'm going to beat them. Okay. Has Jada's heart ever been broken? Yeah. Yeah, man. I had a relationship. It was an ongoing relationship for about, um, we were on and off for about three years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, I had ended up doing some BS and the relationship ended. Um, and then she went and she started dating somebody that I was, um, friends with. They were in my network marketing organization. And, um, yeah, that was like the worst heartbreak I ever had in my life. Really? Yeah, man. That really changed the game for me. That is the, um, I pretty much really calmed down my lifestyle in terms of just, you know, just pretty much doing anything and everything that I want to do. Um, I calmed that down about like two years ago and it was, um, that was one of the reasons. I really, I really calmed it down. Um, that, that, that little boy. <laughs> I was like, ah, I hate it here. <laughs> Go into it. So, yeah. what, what was heart? What was the heartbreak like for you? Man, it was terrible. You know, I feel like my heart had been ripped out of my body, literally. And the first time in your life ever experiencing this. Absolutely. Do you feel because sometimes people run into situations where I was talking to this guy earlier today, and mm -hmm. he had got shot. 
and he looked back on every situation that happened in his life. Yeah. You know, maybe it was this situation. Maybe it was that situation. Yeah. Do you feel like there was some situations back in your life where he's like, you know what, this happened because of that or this? I mean, to be honest, not with, with that situation specifically, not really. I mean, I, I did some BS, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I was wilding. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. dealing with, if we being candid, having sex with different people in my network marketing organization, she's in, also in the She's in the organization, too, so she knows about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we weren't in a relationship at the time, so it was like, I can do what I want to do, you know? And I, I'm i dealing with somebody. Then she started dealing with somebody. I'm like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> you know? And then she ends up getting into an actual relationship with that individual. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dang, bro, like, I didn't expect that. And um, she was, like, kind of doing, like, this back and forth motion with the both of us. And that really messed me up. It messed me up, bro. So, because you're feeling like what? she's gonna Eventually, she's going to make a decision. Absolutely. And she's going to land back home. I mean, I didn't. I, I thought she was gone. <laughs> I thought she was gone, man. After that situation, she actually ended up coming back. You know what I'm saying? But we, we just could never make it work. She's an amazing woman. She She's she's an amazing woman, though, to this day. I, I think she might be talking to somebody now, in a relationship now. Somebody called me the other day and told me. So How I, do you feel about that situation? To this day, like, oh, how do you feel? I don't care. You don't care? No, I'm over her now. No, because there's some you people know. like, you know, that's the one that got away. No, she's not the one that got away. Mm. She's just a great woman that I dated. Do you believe in do you believe in that whole saying that's the one that got away or is it just more so like people just messed up and there's just people that just come and go? People come and go, man. People come and go. People come and go. Do you feel your heart is hardened? No. No? No, I love love. In relationships, I'm extremely romantic. And everything. What's crazy is, usually every time I end up getting with somebody, they'd be like, mm-hmm. wow, you're completely different than I expected. And I'm like, I know. How's your mental health? Amazing. Has it always been this way? Yes. Sometimes it does get a little off. How do you know when you're off? Because, of course, I believe like you're one of the people who knows himself through mm-hmm. and through. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what does an off day look like for Jada where it's just like, I just can't shake this? Bro, I'm just down on myself. You know what I mean? Like, just looking at social media and stuff like like dang like like dang you know i remember going to high school with you and you know you ended up deciding that you wanted to go to college i decided i didn't want to go to college now you got this cool job and you able to travel all the time and you got the car that i want and you, you know what i'm saying it'll be mm-hmm. stuff like that so for me i usually get down like that about like more materialistic things usually not nothing like just yeah do you feel like you get down about materialistic things because of childhood in the way that you were brought up because like mm-hmm. you know things were kind of just handed to you like you know like mom's taking mm-hmm. care of you clothing wise dad took care of you shoes, shoes wise grandma took care of you in the home mm-hmm. aspect of things or nah bro i honestly just feel like because i just know what i want <laughs> that's it like i just know what i want yeah and it just makes me be like ah i want that i'll be working hard i need it you know <laughs> it'd be like that so uh-huh. say so, yeah but that's it man like that's it'll make me feel that way that's the only time like my mental health will be in the gutter or like when, um, so basically like, you know, just comparison, mm-hmm. that'll get me sometimes. And then other times it'll be like, you know, I'm just like, you know, um, like if I start, if I'm having like a bad month in business, that'll do it. That'll make my mental health do a little boy. I'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, that'd be messing me up a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but that's usually last like a few days. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like I'm having like. Like, I've only had one depressive period in my entire life. What was this? This one, I was I was working at Verizon Wireless. Okay. And I just felt like the work, work environment and the culture wasn't what it needed to be. Um, and I just hated my life. I was like, I hate this. I hate being here. I hate coming here every day. I just hate this. That was the only time, and I left shortly after that. So what was your mindset like during that period of hating job, hating life? What was your mindset? Mm-hmm. Like, where was your mind at? It was just like, slept all the time. I was like, I don't want to do nothing. Like, that's where I was like, I just don't want to do nothing, bro. So so what I ended up doing was, it was crazy. I told my family this a few, few weeks back. They was like, what? But um, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up pretending like I wanted to go to college. Did you go to college? I mean, I dropped out three times. <laughs> you know? So at this time, you know, at this time I'm working at Verizon. I, got, uh-huh. I, I started working at Verizon fresh out of high school. Uh, my grandma told me, you know, I graduated. Well, I was... I had always seen this lady at my church. Uh, she she drove a Benz. She always had all the Jordans. I was like, hey, what you do? I want to do whatever you do. She started working at Verizon. I said, can you get me a job at Verizon? She said, yeah, I can get you a job at Verizon. I said, okay. I said, what I got to do? She said, well, first off, you got to be 
She said, she said, you got to be 18. I said, not that. I said, okay. Then she said, well, you'll get there. I said, okay. I, be, I can turn 18. It's no problem. As long as I still live, I'm going to be there, you know? <laughs> and, um, uh, man, started working there. It was like, this is cool. And I forgot where I was at. So, you know, I'm just going to say this, you know. So then I ended up deciding I ain't going to work there no more after about a year and a half. So I started pretending like I wanted to go to college because I knew that if I went to college, then I knew that my family would at least pay some of my bills since mm-hmm. I would be a college student. I said, okay, if I go to college, I can get out of work. So that's what I did. I just went to college. You're pretty savvy. Yeah, you know, I'm able to move and shake in these streets. <laughs> yeah. Went to college, man, and uh, started network marketing the month before I went to college. No, started network marketing the same month I went to college. And how do you feel like network marketing has been transferable to you in life, business, relationships, and stuff like that? Uh, marketing, leadership, building a culture, building a team, um, understanding different personality types, understanding humans, understanding, you know, what it actually takes to build something. Man, network marketing did everything. Mm. It did everything. Man, that's that. it did everything, bro. It introduced me to some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. The best friends that I still have to this day are from network marketing. It was my first time I ever met people that thought like I thought. I was like, y'all exist? <laughs> I love y'all. Like, I have some, I've met some of my best friends to this day. I ain't been in network marketing in years. I still talk to these people every day. Hey. Network marketing did everything for me. Jada, you're a dope individual. Thank you so much, Joe. You know, I try to be me. you dope, too. No, I appreciate you. Absolutely, bro. I appreciate you. I appreciate you the long way, you dog. Absolutely. So, we're going to close this thing up, wrap it up. I bet. Do a quick commercial real quick. Cool. And then I want you to close us out with some words of wisdom, because I know you got it. Yeah. Help somebody who's struggling with their confidence. Okay. Their thought process. Okay. Their mindset. Okay. And their love life. Bet. Because I feel like we touched on all four of those topics throughout this podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And there's still somebody probably just still struggling on the fence about one of those four topics. Okay. And I want you to get them over the fence. Okay. All right. Cool. So this episode is sponsored by the Emboldened Institute. It is a space where I send out daily messages of hope, aspiration. Get on my text line, 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. Text me the word HEAL for all the word, all things healing. Text me the word AFFIRMATION or AFFIRMATIONS if you need the S on the thing. Text me the word AFFIRMATION for daily affirmations. Monday through, fr- uh, Monday through Monday, actually. Seven days a week, 365 every day, 10 a.m. EST. As long as the times don't change, we in there every day. Text me 404-476-6780. Jada, close us out. Well, first, let me ask you this. I'm listening. Do you have any specific questions? No, I think I asked everything I need to ask. Okay, bet. Um, man, as far as, you know, the words of wisdom on those topics, I would say the most important thing is know thyself. Mm-hmm. That's more important than anything in this world. Because when you know yourself, you're able to make, you know, decisions a little bit differently. But when you don't know yourself, it, it makes you follow other people and do what they do. For sure. So I would definitely say know yourself and always be open to learning. So one thing about me, you know, uh, one, one time somebody said, how you always know the answers to the questions that I ask you? I said, because I'm only going to tell you what I know about. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to be somebody that knows a lot or somebody that don't know nothing. And I ain't the person you can come to and say stuff like just random stuff that you ain't got no facts behind. So anything that I say, I have factual evidence behind. Really? You know, so know thyself. Always be open to learn. Don't ever think that you just know so much that you don't have to learn. I learn every day. I'm learning every day for at least an hour a day. Every day. I don't care. No ifs, ands, or buts. I don't care. Always learn. Um, you know, um, always always be confident in yourself. And if you are not confident in yourself, figure out where is that lack of confidence stemming from and figure out how to go get that confidence that you need. Uh, people only respect somebody that's confident. You know, Rick Rick Ross is a very confident man. And guess what? Rick Ross has probably been with some of the baddest women on this earth. You know, it, it all stems from confidence. You know, that dollar bill helps a little bit too. Oh, for sure. Um, helps for sure. You know, it gets you some money, period. Please. Um, that's important. And, um, you know, when it comes to, to your love life, most importantly, man, understand, understand what you want. Understand what you're looking for. Understand how to set boundaries. And one of the most important things I could tell anybody, I, I wish I would have brought the notebook, but um, I write I write letters to my future family 
I write letters to my future self. I write letters to my future wife. I'll do all that. And on top of that, I write down the things that I'm willing to, that I need to improve upon so I can be who I need to be for that family and for that wife. And I also write down all the characteristics that I'm looking for in that wife. So there's no confusion. There, there's no confusion when, when I meet a woman because I know what I'm looking for. Damn. A lot of people don't do that. Nah, I ask people all the time. Like, I'm about to start you, doing that. You got to do that, bro. Why? I, What's the importance of it? Man, Joe, the importance of writing that stuff down is that it immediately shows you who to qualify and who to disqualify. Mm, okay, immediately. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dating is a game of disqualification. That's what dating is. So since I know that dating is a game of disqualification, I put down what, what I want you to have. So some of the things that I have on this list, she needs to be, she needs to be, um, she needs to be feminine. She needs to be kind. She needs to be emotionally intelligent. She needs to be um, fit. She needs to be healthy. I'm writing all this stuff down. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to take a step outside of the things that I have on this list? No, it does not mean that. But the things that I have on this list, I have about maybe five that are necessities because you can't, you, you can't get the perfect person. Mm -hmm. I have about five that are necessities, and the rest of the things are just things that would be good to have. You know? So with those things that are good to have and my necessities, I pay attention to that. So when a woman comes into my life, I'm able to see what she has and I'm able to say, oh, you're missing, you're missing number four. Let me look at this other stuff here, see what you, is there a way that we can fix number four? Well, I don't, get, I'm not dating anybody that I automatically feel like I have to fix. So if you don't fit my one through five, I can't do it because I fit your one through five. I'm going to make sure I fit your one through five. Yeah. I need you to fit my one through five. Are, are you goal oriented? Oh, you're you're not goal-oriented? I'm sorry. You're beautiful, though. But I got a friend for you. <laughs> you know, you just can't be with me. It's not saying I need, a, it's not saying I need this woman to work all the time, because I don't. I just need you to be goal-oriented. Do you have goals for your health? Do you have goals for this family? Do you, have, do you have any goals? That's important to me. So I do my one through five for my necessities, and I got my list of stuff that would be nice to have. And I go by that thing, man. The necessities don't shake. Nah, heck no, they not shaking. They not. They will never shake, ever. I didn't did too much self. The self. The amount. I will say this. I've done so much self work over the years that the the self work that a lot of individuals start doing in their thirties. I started that self work at eighteen. So it's now nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. That's five years of me reading, and implementing, on relationships and love languages. And masculinity and femininity and sexual energy and all this that ain't my it's, it don't change i know what i need <laughs> you good jada you gotta know what you need joe for sure I need, you to, I need you to make your list bro i'm about tonight make your list tonight and write a letter to her i don't care what these people believe in whether it's god tree bark whatever <laughs> the universe whatever you believe in yeah 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 you need to you need to let whatever you believe in know that if you're serious about it, that when this person comes, you're gonna treat them exactly as they as they need to be. So in the letter that I've written, that's that's what it's talking about. And this is the same letter that it, the day that we get married, this is the same letter that I'm gonna be reading off from my vows. So it's one letter. One letter. I'm 23 years old. It's already written, and I already know who's going to plan the wedding. Christina? Christina, I have money for you. <laughs> ah, Jada, appreciate you. Anytime, man. Another dope episode with another dope person. Hey, hey I tried. We are out. Peace.